Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your people here at Urban Avenue Baptist Church. I want to thank you for the sacrifice, sacrifices that they make every Sunday as they put their tithes and their offerings uh, in the plate. And God, I thank you that they uh, consider that an act of worship for you, an act of worship of you. And God, I pray that we will always be faithful, even when times are tough financially, uh, that we as individuals and we as a congregation will always be faithful to do what you call us to do with the um, financial resources that you give to us. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Corinthians. I bet you couldn't guess. Second Corinthians. Hey, listen. Um, anybody bored with Second Corinthians? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you know what I find? Even though we're in the same book for so long, he says something different every chapter, right? Right? And, and besides, if you're bored with this, I'm going to have you have a talk with God because it's his word. Okay? All right? I mean, yeah, we might like, let's go on to another one sometime and you come back to this. You know, the hard sayings of Paul are difficult. And a lot of the things that he says in, in these letters, in, in here, in Romans, Hebrews, some of them, are pretty tough. Um, but I got to tell you what, when we look at what he says, it is, well, just to quote your pastor, wow. <laughs> All right. So if you have your Bible, uh, we're going to look today in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 18. And there's so much here. Um, and I, uh, I know I can't, well, if you have your Bible. Stand if you can, and we'll read the scripture, and we'll uh, bust a gut trying to get through it before lunchtime, all right? People tell me to slow down, but again, there's so much. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 18. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus in order that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, thank you for your word. May we take it to heart. May we learn from it. May we be challenged by it. May we live by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. <laughs> but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Okay, first of all, what treasure is he talking about? I mean, you think about this, and, and, and we can look at this, and theologians, did you know that theologians don't always agree? I, I mean, theologians often have several opinions, 
and they can, you can have people in the same group talking, maybe even in the same theology class, and they have 18 people, 18 opinions. They're not sure what this is about, but I'll tell you what I think it is. This treasure in earthen vessels, what I believe this is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news. Of, that's what I believe, okay? Now, you may read some other commentator, some other theologian that might believe something else, but, and, and some people think it's the ministry that Paul has, okay? The ministry of sharing the gospel, okay? Well, and that could be true. That could be it. Um, but I think it's the gospel, this treasure in earthen vessels. And some people think it's the Holy Spirit living in us. And that could be true, too. I think it's the gospel. We have this gospel, this treasure in earthen vessels. And, um, and, and so I'm not going to, I threw those three possibilities out. I'm going to go with the gospel, okay? We have this treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ in earthen vessels. In order that the power, the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Okay, now see, there's our arguments again for the other two. But I want to hit this. What about this earthen vessel thing? Because I love that whole phrase. Did you know that you are just a jar of clay? Does that bother you? See, I don't think it bothered Paul, but I think it bothered the Corinthians. Because a, a jar of clay, a clay jar, a clay pot, they didn't have a whole lot of strength. They didn't have a whole lot of power. There are a lot of things we can say about that clay jar, that earthen vessel. And if you made a clay jar and it cracked, it wasn't good for anything anymore. And the Apostle Paul, he was broken. He was, if you will, cracked. He was damaged. He had been um, persecuted. And you'll see some of the words that he uses to talk about that in a little while. And, and so he says, listen, it doesn't matter what I'm like. It doesn't matter how hurt I am, how damaged I am. I, okay, I think of, I thought of Peter as a great big burly kind of guy, okay? But I think of Paul probably a little stout. I, I, I think he went bald early. And, and she's going, can't believe you're saying that. And there's nothing wrong with going bald. But some people would look at that and go, we're going to listen to him? You know, he is not this, um, this $10 million preacher, okay, with perfect hair and perfect teeth and a and $1,000, $2,000 suit. But that's what the Corinthians probably wanted. And so when they see Paul, who probably, and I, and I, and I think he was, probably, he was probably getting older, and there's nothing wrong with that either, right? Okay, told somebody the other day, said, I'm done having birthdays. He says, no, don't say that. He says, done having birthdays, that means on the day before you're gone, Okay, so there's nothing wrong with getting older. We want to do that, right? But I think he was probably getting a little bit older. I think maybe because of all the work he had done with the tent making, maybe his hands were getting a little gnarled and he had some arthritis and stuff like that. He didn't make a, um, a great stage presence, okay? He was a great theologian. He had great letters. But on the stage, when he was in front of a huge crowd, he didn't attract the crowd. You know, that's the way I see him. And he viewed himself then as an earthen vessel, one that was damaged, one that had problems with it. And you know what they did with earthen vessels once they broke or cracked? Okay? If they were only cracked, they would put grain in them probably instead of a liquid. But if they were broken, chipped too much, guess what they did with those? They pitched them and got another one. They were expendable. And you know what? This earthen vessel that we have right now, the one that we live in, guess what it is? It's expendable. You know why? Because we don't need it when we get to heaven, okay? 
And so it's not a bad thing to say that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's just a matter of fact. Okay? We have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Man. <laughs> My <laughs> little brother used to, when he was younger, go to the mirror and go, man, I'm good looking. I never did that. <laughs> I mean, I never looked in the mirror and said, man, you're good looking at him. <laughs> I never said it about myself either, okay? And, 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 there's a, and I'm not six foot three, you know? Um, I'm not a superman. I'm not, I, I, I don't, I don't really think I'm very intimidating. I mean, sometimes I have a loud voice, but I don't really think I'm, I mean, and so I have this earthen vessel also, and, and I'm just kind of glad that, that I'm not this six foot three, um, massive muscular built kind of guy that's the GQ kind of guy you see on, the, you know, on, on GQ, on the cover of GQ. I'm glad I'm not like that. You know why? Because if I was like that, if I was built that way, if I was that handsome, that good looking, if I was intelligent as, as some of these other theologians, guess what? I might go, see what I can do? Look at this. Man, I've got it. I can do it. I can do everything. And Paul says, no, we are in earthen vessels. So that the power of God is, is seen, so that the power may be of God and not of us. So that people see the power and what God's doing they see that it's of God and not of me, okay? If I were to ever slam dunk a basketball, you know what you would think? You would think, God lifted him up, raised, put his hands under his armpits, raised him up so he could do that. And that's going to have to be what would happen unless they lowered the, you know, okay? Because I can't do it, all right? And, and I got to tell you, when Apostle Paul's talking about what he's doing here in ministry, the things that he does, he couldn't do on his own. Because you think about all the things he went through, shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was stoned, you know, all of those things. And anybody who is trying to do that on their own power is going to go, I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for this. It's not what I want to do. It was, I didn't see it in the contract. It must have been in the small print because I didn't read it. And they're going to quit. They're going to give up. And the Apostle Paul says, yes, I, we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellence of the power may be of God and seen of God and not of us. So that we're not the ones seen to be having this power. And then he goes on and he says, listen, we're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Hard pressed on every side. You know what happens to a clay pot when it's hard pressed on every side? It's dust, right? And he said, we're hard pressed. We're this clay pot, this earthen vessel that's hard pressed on every side and yet we're not crushed. Now, that's, a, that's an absolute miracle, okay? That's a miracle because, because a, a, a pot like that's going to be crushed. A pot like that is going to, it's going to be ended. It's not going to be any good anymore, okay? It's just going to be done. And so this has to be evidence of the power of God, not of the Apostle Paul. We are hard-pressed, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. You know, you look at Paul, and you see, um, you see, well, he's presenting all of these things. 
We are perplexed, uh, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Uh, you know, one of the things that we see in Paul is th- he's not the kind of guy that they would, um, that would be, um, what's what I'm looking for? If they were going to write an advertisement, if they were going to hire somebody to do uh, a, a television ad, Paul wouldn't have been the guy, okay, for Christianity. Because he's not really a very attractive endorsement of the advantages of becoming a Christian. Hey, if you become a Christian, if you follow Christ, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get thrown in jail. You're going to get whipped. You're going to get beaten. You're going to be shipwrecked. That's not what most people want to hear. And that's not what the Corinthian Christians wanted to hear. And they didn't want to believe that if they follow the Jesus that Paul followed, then guess what? They were going to be treated the same way. And so as a result, they were kind of saying, Paul, you can't really be a an apostle of God. You can't be an apostle of Christ. Because if you were, this stuff wouldn't happen. You're going to be six foot three. You know? You're going to be this handsome guy that everybody wants to look at and listen to. You know what else would happen? Here. Somebody gave me a bow tie a while back, a year or so ago, and I love that bow tie. I really, really, really want to wear that bow tie in a pulpit someday. But you know what's going to happen if I wear that bow tie in a pulpit? By the way, we're going to have to have a bow tie Sunday. So that I'm not the only one in a bow tie. We've got to push that. Will you wear one? You, you've never let me down before. <laughs> Listen, so here's the thing. You know why we have to have a bow tie Sunday? Because if I wear a bow tie, y'all are going to be paying attention to the bow tie instead of the message. And if everybody has a bow tie on, me wearing a bow tie is nothing different, right? Okay? And so... So when he talks about this and he says, um, we're hard-pressed on every side, we're, uh, you know, um, and he doesn't want to be that, and, and he's not trying to push his glory and his, um, his ability and all that stuff because he doesn't want them to get distracted, okay? You see, the gospel, um, <laughs> those things could distract people. If we were, if I walked up here and I was, um, wearing that bow tie or I had a, a, a regal bearing, you know, and that kind of thing. Well, guess what? People might be distracted, okay? Um, so we don't want that. We don't want them to be distracted by the person in the pulpit. We want them to be listening to the gospel that the person in the pulpit is preaching. So he says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. That's pretty much a miracle because guess what? That clay pot is really going to get crushed if you have a real clay pot. It's also a miracle because guess what? The Apostle Paul knew and understood that one of the things that he had to do was to keep preaching. Um, And there was no way that he was going to give up, okay? He wasn't trying to tell people that my suffering is nothing, okay, that his suffering was nothing. But what he was trying to tell people was it um, compared to what I need to do, my suffering is nothing. So I want to keep moving on because we've got this. He says, um, we are afflicted in every way or we are hard-pressed but not crushed. Um, we are uh, perplexed but, but not in despair. And you can kind of look at that one and go, we are stressed but not stressed out. Anybody ever get stressed? Ever get stressed? Yeah. Ever get, and, but yet he says we are stressed but not stressed out. Um, and then he says we are um, persecuted but not forsaken. Isn't that so cool? Because even though some people may come against you, 
even though they may, and they did against Paul. And if you stand up for the gospel, and if you stand up for the truth of the scripture, and, and if the wrong, I don't know, the wrong or the other people hear that, then they may come at you. You may be persecuted, but guess what? If you're preaching the gospel, you will never be forsaken. If you're preaching the truth of the gospel, God will not forsake you. He says, we are uh, perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. I love that picture there, because that idea of struck down means to be knocked down. And somebody said that you can, you, can, uh, you can paraphrase that to say, we're knocked down, but we're never knocked out. Okay? And I love that picture, because um, anybody ever, I'm too little. I would never do this. I didn't even wrestle in high school. Okay, I mean in gym class, but not you know as wrestling. Because you know what, I don't want to get hurt. At least if I'm running, I'm the one that hurts myself. Okay, but I never I never wrestled, and I certainly wasn't going to be a boxer or a fighter. Okay, anybody ever do that? Boxing, fighting, that kind of thing? Not me. Okay, and the reason was because um, I know they're going to hurt me worse than I'm going to hurt them. And I don't really enjoy hurting people anyway. But you think about this idea of fighting, knocked down but never knocked out, okay? Uh, and you, you watch some of these, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, watch some of these movies where you've got this guy who's going to be the hero, okay? And he's learning to fight, but he's losing everything. And, and finally he gets in this fight and they knock him down. They knock him down, maybe he's sweating profusely, bleeding a little bit, and, um, and everybody's saying, stay down, stay down, stay down. And this guy who's going to be the hero gets back up he gets back up and it may take a while but eventually he wins that fight and you see the apostle paul is talking about that very ki same kind of thing because the apostle paul was knocked down but never knocked out and he knows that if he keeps getting back up if he keeps getting back up he's going to win that fight because he is not forsaken by the God who called him. He says, we are always carrying about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. He's taken a couple other pictures here. We carry about in our body the, di the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. In that one, somebody said he's maybe picturing himself as the pallbearer of Christ. Okay? carrying Christ to the grave. But then in the other one, he says, we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. You can take that back to 1 Corinthians um, and you can see where he described himself as, um, as one who is being led to death. Remember, the, the king uh, had had victory and he was the one being led to death. We are delivered to death for Jesus' sake. And that word delivered to death is also the same phrase that's used to describe um, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, delivering of Jesus Christ up to death, handing him over, Jesus Christ, over to be, when Pilate handed him over, um, to be crucified. The same phrase that's used then, okay? So we are always being, we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. We see in verse 10 and verse 11 the same kind of phraseology there, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. You see, what he's talking about here is, listen, we're living this life, okay? And it's not our best life now, okay? We're living this life. And it's a life that most people wouldn't want to live because 
because they wouldn't want to be shipwrecked. They wouldn't want to shipwrecked. They wouldn't want to be beaten. They wouldn't want to be stoned. They wouldn't want to be thrown in jail. They wouldn't want to go for days in uh, in in the deep. They wouldn't want to go for days without food. They wouldn't want to do that, and they wouldn't be willing to do that. He said, "But we're doing all of that that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. We're doing all of that that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. We're doing all of that. So guess what? We can deliver to you." the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was saying. Now, I don't know. I mean, I know there are missionaries overseas, and there are probably pastors, probably not in the United States because we're not persecuted. You know, some pastors complain because they don't think they're paid enough. But I tell you what, we have it a lot better over here than some missionaries overseas, okay? And so um, I don't know anybody personally who's gone through those kind of things. And I don't know that there are very many in this world now, who would be willing to do what Paul did. And the Corinthians thought, well, listen, all this stuff that's happening to you, it's got to be a sign that God doesn't approve of you. And he's saying, no, it's not. It's a sign that God approves of you and wants you to come to him. So, so then our death is working, so then death is working in us, but life in you. He says, listen, I'm giving everything I've got. I'm, I'm going to leave it all on the playing field. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep fighting. Why? Because Jesus Christ wants to give you eternal life. And since we have the same spirit of faith. Oh, I want to I I touch something else here real quick before I get to that one. Always carrying around the dying of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. I want you to see that um, uh, and that kind of goes with 2.14 who always leads us in triumph uh, in Christ and the scent of his knowledge manifests through us. So you see those two pictures that he was being um, paraded through the streets as a, as a prisoner of Christ and then here he's carrying around the body, the dying of Jesus in his body. Um, and one of the things we've got to see is um, the gospel well, look at my Bible. Does anybody have a really beautiful picture of Jesus on it? When you sell Bibles, do they have to make something really fancy and cool up here? Do they? You look at a book that you want to read. Guess what? You look at the cover. Okay? But a Bible, it doesn't have those kind of things, does it? I mean, I'm happy to have a nice leather-bound one here, but, but what I'm getting at is the gospel doesn't have to have some some beautiful picture. The Bible doesn't have to have some beautiful picture on it. The gospel doesn't have to, it's unimposing, doesn't need a, some window dressing or some pomp and circumstance, okay? And if you had all of that, okay, by the way, I love these things. I love that one back there. And I, I love the, the, um, the fact that it makes it easier for people. But if anybody ever said, let's get a, um, a smoke machine to enhance our worship, okay, we'd have real problems there. Okay, if anybody ever said, let's get some lights that swing back and forth and spotlights and all, and I'm saying, oh, it's not happening. I would fight that till you fired me. Okay, if that's the way it went. And here's why. It's kind of the same reason that, that if I wear a bow tie, I want everybody else to wear one too, or a lot of you anyway. Because this kind of a display, it's going to distract people going to distract people from, I mean, simple worship is so much better than all of those shows. 
You know, I go to some of these, um, to the Southern Baptist Convention and some of these other meetings, and you see the lights and you see the, um, the smoke uh, machines and that kind of stuff, and I just want to go, does it take this, does it take this to get us to sing and to worship? I mean, if you want to go to a secular concert and they do that, that's what that's about. That's a show. But this is not. And so when the Apostle Paul talks about this, he's an earthen vessel. His, and, and, his, um, and his life and his dying should point to Christ. And so that's kind of the picture we're seeing here. And he says, guess what? We always do this. This is always happening. Every, it's unceasing, okay? And he'd rather that happen than, um, than people be distracted by something else, okay? And again, I want to hit this thing about somebody, um, perfect hair, perfect teeth, six foot three, a GQ man, um, and a uh, $1,000 suit. I don't ever want to be that man. I don't ever want to be the one that tries to live on my, uh, and preach on my um, intelligence, on my, because it's not happening, <laughs> um, uh, on my intelligence or on my good looks, okay, or on my, that's not happening either, or, or on my um, charisma. I don't want that to happen. What I want is I want to try to point out every time I can the truth in the scripture so that that's what you see rather than see me. So let's move on. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So he believes Jesus Christ is the son of God. And in spite of the fact that he's being persecuted, in spite of the fact that he's being beaten, in spite of the fact that he's being arrested, in spite of all of that, he continues to speak because he has faith in God. Why does he continue to speak? He continues to speak so that people will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that they will come to Jesus, so that they will be saved. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. You know what he's saying here? doesn't matter if this um, jar of clay, this clay vessel, this earthen vessel, doesn't matter what happens to it. Because I know that one day, God the Father who raised Jesus up will also raise me up. And then he says, and will present us with you. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen is what the Paul's, Paul's saying is, when he raises me up, you're going to be standing behind me as one that I, as, as people that I shared the gospel with. He's going to present us together. And you know, part of that is not just the fact that Paul was the one that did it, but he's also pointing to the unity. He's also saying, listen, you may think nothing of me as far as looking at me and thinking, but guess what? Guess what? We are together in Christ because I shared the gospel with you and you received the gospel. So for all things are for your sake. So what he's doing is for their sake. He's not looking after himself, okay? He's, and he's looking after them, trying to share the gospel with them and trying to help them grow as Christians. Um, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. You think about that, the growth of grace, because more people get saved. The growth of thanksgiving, because more people get saved. And the growth of the glory of God, because more people get saved. Therefore, because of all of this, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. We don't give up. We don't back off from sharing the gospel because somebody's going to punch us in the face. We don't back off from sharing the gospel because they're going to arrest and, and try us and, 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 and accuse us of starting a riot. We don't back off from sharing the gospel 
because of Jesus Christ and the fact that people need to hear. So we deny these hearts. Even though our outward man is perishing. You ever think about that? Even though our outward man is perishing. Did you know that I got bad news for you? You ready for this one? You're worried. Did you know that we are all terminal? From the time of your conception, that's when you become terminal. Isn't it interesting that, that we don't really think about, we don't think about dying, but we're going to, right? And from the time of your conception, guess what? That's what you're moving to. Because at the time of your conception, that's when life happens. That's when life starts. So there's not a time before that that you go, oh, we're working on getting to life. But once you have life, oh, we're working on dying. That's what we're moving toward, every single one of us. And the Apostle Paul says, even though our outward man is perishing. Now, I've said I'm going to live to 117. Whether that, I mean, that's the threat I make to my family and my boys. Um, and uh, and that would be great. I might see four generations of, of, of you know, grandkid, great-grandkid, that kind of stuff. But nevertheless, my outward man is perishing. I, my hair is turning gray. You know, all of those things. And he says, even though the outward man is perishing, and it's happening because we're all terminal, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inner man is being renewed day by day. Of course, you know where I'm going to turn now, right, to the scripture. I'm going to turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Yeah, right? And that's where it told me to. That's where the cross-reference goes. Isaiah chapter 40, I'm going to read 29, 30, and 31. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to go back to that. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Why was he being renewed day by day in the inner man? Because he was one who knew how to wait on the Lord. He was one who knew how to focus on his relationship with God the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. And even though this body is going to go, even though one day, one day, my spirit, my soul is going to leave this body, I'm going to leave it behind, guess what? The inner man can, during the time that this man is being, uh, this outward body is, um, is perishing, the inward man can continue to be renewed by focusing on a relationship with Jesus Christ, by reading our scriptures, reading our Bible, by praying, by singing and praising God, by telling other people about Jesus. And that's what he says. Do we, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For I love this picture here, too. For our light affliction, and some say for our momentary light affliction, all right? I want you to get a picture of this. Our momentary light affliction is working a, for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Um, okay, I'm going to hit something here that some of you may not want to talk about. Um, some scientists believe that the earth is billions of years old. Some scientists and theologians believe that the earth is maybe 10,000 years old. Okay? Now, I'm not going to talk about which one I believe. Because at this point, that's not the that's not the point. Because what we want to see is 
my life, if I were to draw a picture of my life and then draw a picture of eternity, okay, my life would be just a dot, a blip on the radar screen. That's all it is. It's there and then it's gone. Eternity, though, is if you draw a timeline. You put that dot and you go this way and you go this way. And you draw those arrows that say it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and never stops. And then you would draw arrows this way and this way for eternity going that way too. And eternity going this way and this way and this way. Eternity is something that if we were to try to really think about it and understand, it might drive us crazy. Because in order for us to even think of the concept of eternity, it had to be put in our hearts by God. Because man is temporal. Okay? Not eternal. And the Apostle Paul says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, or which is temporal, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You think, okay, this is why I, I sometimes this life is tough. And there are some people that are really having some tough time in life. You get bad news from the doctor, okay? You get, get bad news from finances. You get all kinds of those things. But think about that. If we live to be 70, 80, 90, 117, it's still just a dot on the screen. And all these troubles and all these problems that we go through, and it's not easy to take this attitude when you're going through those troubles and those problems, but all those troubles and those problems we're going through are a momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that we're going to have when we join Jesus Christ in heaven. It might be tough, might be difficult. And my, my, my uh, word to you, if you're thinking, he doesn't know what I'm going through, you're probably right. But what I do know is that we look at what Paul said. We are hard-pressed but not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. We're persecuted but not abandoned. We're struck down but not destroyed. Why? Because, because we do not look on the things which are seen but on the things which are not seen. I like that picture there because that takes me to Hebrews chapter 12. I think that's the one. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and we run with endurance the race that is set before us. Then what does he say in, chap in verse 2? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. We, we put all that stuff aside. We run with endurance the race God set before us. In other words, all these things being hard-pressed and perplexed and persecuted and struck down, guess what? Those really aren't much. And we're not looking at those things. We're not focusing on those things. Yeah, they hurt. They're a pain. They're trouble. They make life difficult. But we're, instead of looking at those things, guess what, which are seen... We're looking at something not seen. We're looking unto Jesus. The author and perfecter or finisher of our faith. For the things which are seen are temporary. A blip on the screen. The things which are not seen are eternal. Wow. What a picture. And I know, I know that... <laughs> When we're going through tough times, we don't look at them as temporary. We look at them as, when is this ever going to be over? God, why me? Why do I have to go through all this stuff? I remember 
um, when I was at uh, Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri, and I was having some tough times for a college kid. And I talked to our dorm mom, Mrs. Palmer, and she looked at me with all the compassion she could muster and said, this too will pass. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Appreciate that. This too will pass. And you know what? It did. Within a couple of hours. Gone, it was over, it was done with. And all the troubles and all the problems we had on this earth, they're going to pass too. I ran another race yesterday. It was a lot, lot of fun. Except I didn't win a trophy. I'm out there running. And I'm thinking, I can run faster than this. I can run faster than this. And I couldn't run faster than that. Is this the fastest you can possibly run at this moment, at this time? Man, my gut hurts. My legs hurt. My feet hurt. I can hardly breathe. And yet, when you finish that race, you're ready for another one. Because guess what? It was just a momentary light affliction. It's the same way with our Christian life. When we go through troubles and, and difficulties here, oh yeah, they're a pain. They hurt. We need to be lifting each other up when they're going through those. Walking beside them, encouraging them if we can. But we also need to realize they're temporary. There is a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory waiting for us when this jar of clay is no longer useful. My prayer is that we will look unto Jesus, that we will be renewed day by day because we have continually turned to him. I don't know where you are. I don't know what difficulty you're going through. I don't know what struggles you have, but I do know, I do know that when we look unto Jesus, those struggles, those struggles are certainly worth it and we can certainly make it through. We're going to have a time of decision, a hymn of invitation. And again, I don't know what you're going through, but if there's some prayer need that you have, if there's, uh, I don't know, maybe you need to trust Jesus. You've never done that. Maybe you need to give your life to him. I'm going to be down here at the front, ready to receive you, to pray with you, to pray for you. Whatever your need is, you come while we sing. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you will really give us the strength to rely on you and to rely on your word. Help us not to see any, any strength in ourselves, to see any power in ourselves, but to trust you to do the work of bringing people to you and to do the work in our lives so we can walk with you. Father, I pray for those that are um, troubled and distressed and that they're pressed on every side. God, I pray that you will, you will um, help them not to be crushed and knocked down and knocked out, that you will give them the encouragement that they need through your Holy Spirit. Father, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.